We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, I am. Oh, I like your jig. Thanks. Wait, on the bumper. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. KC Laboratory, sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's a live game preview edition of the KC Laboratory, presented by Emprise Bank. An Emprise Bank debit card is good anywhere. Why worry about the nearest building when you can pick a trusted company that cares about the KC Metro? Debit card options to choose from, a new mobile app with all kinds of features. Emprise Bank goes wherever you go and can be your trusted partner wherever you live. It could be where Maddie Lane lives in North Carolina. He used to be at Chief in Carolina. Now he's not. He's Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew Lane. Hello. It's about time to change it again. You've gotten it right a few too many times. Um, I need to keep you on your toes. I don't I don't like this. Uh, so we're going to have to come up with a new handle probably pretty soon. Uh, can't. Craig is not here with us. Everything is fine. Craig is taking a much needed, much enjoyed vacation right now. So it's just you and I, and it's Raiders week. Go ahead. Get your Raiders week in there. I, you need to. You know you want to. I, I will get there. I'll get there. Okay. You got to build th- up to it? I, I think the vitriol might spill out at some point. At Why? Some They're point. bad. They stink. Like it There's no reason matter. to be upset by them. They just stink. But it's fun to stomp on graves. Go ahead. It, do it is. now. I don't want to do it. Right now. Would, I'm not feeling. Would you I'm drive not, a bus around the grave? Uh, I would. See, you're you're trying to get me. You're trying to get me. There's some like there's some Josh McDaniel slander in there, probably a little bit. Ooh, yes. I. We'll we'll see where it goes. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my barbs in. This is the game preview edition. If you don't know what we do here, three storylines, both sides of the football. Uh, we are just kind of talking about this game, what we see, players to watch. We'll give a score prediction at the end of this football game. 
or uh, at the end, for the end of this football game. Uh, let us start with the offensive side of the ball. Uh, first storyline, this is all that matters is the offensive side of the ball, of course. Uh, Matthew, we saw a flip switch for the offensive line. The question is, do they do it again this week? What you think? Yes, probably. Um, again, I, I maintain this. The Raiders stink, guys. The Raiders <laughs> stink. They are a bad team. I barely watch them, but I can tell you from barely watching, they are bad. So yeah, I think the Chiefs offensive, um, I don't know if it'll be quite as good as the against Tampa, but I, I don't think the offensive success will continue. Yes, Chandler Jones. Yes, Max Crosby are both very good pass rushers. Tampa Bay also has a good defensive line. I don't think the Raiders are near as strong up the middle. I don't think they have the same level of linebacker play, secondary play. This defense is not is a good matchup for the Chiefs offense, especially on that offensive line. I think the Chiefs interior offensive line, assuming Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey are healthy and able to play. Sounds like Creed Humphrey got a personal day off. Trey Smith was limited. He might just be a little dinged up all year, but that didn't stop him from pancaking, you know, a couple different Buccaneers players left and right. So I would be kind of surprised if the offensive line completely reverts back to the Colts performance. Yeah. No, I, I think so. I, I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see that kind of performance again. I think this group found a little bit of pride. I think they mixed some things a little bit up in the running, running game. You know, you saw a little bit more gap, which was great to see. It was welcome. And I think it helped them set the tone. It helped them be a little bit more downhill and physical and arrive with bad intentions down the field. But I mean, I think pass protection was capable as well against a, you know, a good front. Like this was a good performance across the board. You know, there was some talk about, you know, like a little bit of health concerns potentially with Orlando Brown. And uh, I think he played a lot better. I, I, but I think that group as a whole, you know, you think, you know, you, we think we're seeing, uh, you know, we think we're seeing uh, uh, Trey Smith get a little bit healthier. This group is primed to kind of continue to, to, to build off of this, I think. And this is a good game to do it. This is a good game in division rivalry you could tell at the end of this game Mahomes was was pretty intense you know about this about you know who's coming into town like I think this group's going to be focused and I think you're going to get a good performance out of this offensive line for sure um the next or do you have more to add you look like you had something else there you're muted man see look <laughs> Craig's not here and everything's thrown off everything's just slightly off key like, it's just you know l listen we're dealing with it um I think that this Chiefs offensive line right now, I think that they took what Shaq Barrett said personally, and that showed up on the field. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're done yet, right? I don't know if I'm ready to say they are not taking all of the outside criticism that came after the Chargers game, after the Colts game lightly. I think they might still have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder coming away from this. They seem like they really had a lot of fun working over the Buccaneers. I don't think the Raiders are near as good. I don't think Patrick Graham does a lot with that front seven to make them necessarily difficult to figure out, to get their, you know, to block, sending pressure from all these different places. I think it's going to be a really good performance from the offensive line. And if you can keep Patrick Mahomes not just clean, but if you can make him just feel comfortable, make him feel like he has a good feel of where the rush might be coming from, instead of being like guessing where it's coming from, but he knows it's coming from Max Crosby versus Andrew Wiley. As long as he knows that I have the utmost confidence he's going to play excellent. I think that kind of leads us to the rest of this, but as long as the offensive line can do that, which I think they will, this could be a, this could be a bad game for Raiders fans. Yeah. And a delicious, delicious game for all of Chiefs fans. Um, we talk about the wide receiver position, wanting to see this can this group continue to grow, continue to build. I think it was a pretty solid performance from the wide receivers last week. 
And I think it's the same kind of question. Do you think that this wide receiver room can be consistent? That can, can they continue to sustain the kind of success that we saw last week? That's the million dollar question, right? It's not whether or not the chiefs wide receivers can be productive because they've proven so far they can be productive. It's what does that consistency look like though? We've seen the highs of, you know, MVS this past week, he caught that deep seam ball. He caught the little um, screen pump fake pass and then the deep up the side. That's kind of the highs, but we also seen the lows, the dropping the pass in the end zone right after that seam catch. And then just a couple other ho-hum games. So his consistency on its own, Juju Smith-Schuster has had some ups and down games production-wise. Sky Moore finally got on the field. This was like, I don't even know if McCall Hardman's playing, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> Justin Watson's had a few deep shots, but outside that, he has done. Where's the consistency with this wide receiver room? Who is going to be the guy that when Travis Kelsey's double team that Patrick Holmes looks for, not just he finds open late in a play, who's the guy he can rely on in any given play? I don't know if they've got there yet. So like, I just want to see somebody start to build up multiple for good performances back to back rather than just kind of being random scatter shot of who's going to play well that day. And I, I think Juju's on his way for sure. Like I know there's been some dips at times, but I think he's on, I think he's well on his way. I, I think, you know, like there's enough of a sample size there to say, like, I think more weeks than not, you're going to see something out of Juju Smith that the issues there. That's pretty good. I am not there with, with, with Marquez Valdez Scantling. I, I mean, I'm he's it's been pretty rough for him to this point. And I, uh, I'm a little, I would say a little bit nervous about what you're getting out of him on a week to week in week out basis. I think that's why Sky Moore's kind of, you know, kind of arriving a little bit. I think that's why you're trying to see, you know, Sky Moore get integrated a little bit more is because they, I think they feel like they need something out of Sky more, more and more. They <laughs> see what I did there as we get, I think just kind of week over week as we're getting there. Like that's one of the things it's like, Sky needs to get you know some involvement here. You're starting to see him get integrated a little bit more. Snap count starting to come up a little bit. We'll talk about him more in a second. <laughs> um, uh, running back rotation too. Like I think that's one of the other questions I think we have. You know when you're looking at this game, um, because you saw a little bit more even split this week, Maddie. You saw a little bit more involvement from more backs. What do you think you're? It's going to look like. Are you going to? Is it going to be a carryover from last week? I think the whole storyline. It feels like it's just carryovers from last week, but it's the same thing. Running back rotation. What's what changes? What doesn't? What do you think? So last week's running backs of it is still Clyde edwards helaire took the vast majority of the snaps. He still led the room, and then I believe Pacheco and McKinnon played essentially like only one snap apart. So it was like eight nineteen and eighteen or something like that. I think part of that was just game script. I don't know if there was actually supposed to be a wholesale change. This is kind of what I saw. Pacheco is not a third down back for this team. He's an early down back. So when you're the Chiefs and you're picking up six yards on average on first down, what does that open up? It opens up your ability to play your early down running backs, which are CEH and Pacheco. When you're not picking up six yards per play on first down, like for the Colts or maybe even the Chargers, you get a lot more Jarek McKinnon because you're in obvious passing downs. You're putting your third down back out there a lot. So I think those two running backs specifically – their snap counts, their spot in this rotation is just entirely game dependent in which way it's flowing. Mm. I also maintain they saw something on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive front that they decided to attack with gap runs. And yeah, that makes sense to see Pacheco. I hope we see more of that, but I don't know if he will match that same percentage of snaps going forward because as good as the Chiefs offense is, are they really going to average six yards per play on first down week in and week out? That would be asinine. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen at that kind of clip. And that is a good point. Like there are there are some holes in the usage that could potentially be, hey, this was game specific. That's a good point. But 
that being said, look at what these look at what Isaiah Pacheco was able to do in those opportunities. And you saw him 11 carries, 63 yards, 5.7 yards per carry led the, you know, led the chiefs running backs in yards per carry by a whole yard outside of Clyde. And no, this is not a knock on Clyde because Clyde had a, a very good performance, arguably one of the better on the ground of his young, of his career, 19 carries, 92 yards, a touchdown, 4.8 yards per carry. It's one of the better performances of his career. Um, but I just think what you saw out of Isaiah Pacheco, you don't want to like you, you want to get him involved in some capacity still too, though. Cause like, I think he earned that regardless of game script. I think you've got to figure out how to use him. but like what he did last week is worthy of being involved in this, in this offense, I think. Oh, I mean, I absolutely agree. And I don't, I'm not saying his role diminish or anything like that. It's just, I think if we are, as of right now, I don't feel comfortable saying that he is going to be matching McKinnon or overtaking McKinnon's I know, snap count no. going forward. Because I think a lot of it was just the Chiefs weren't in obvious passing situations. And if that's the case, you're going to keep the best you know runner or better. I don't even want to say best or just the better runner, especially for the types of runs they were getting into throughout that whole game out there on the field. I, you, you want to see the very clear difference. Go find Pacheco's snap and pass protection up the middle. I believe it was against um, Levante David. He does just enough to give Mahomes a window to throw the ball, but you can see he's clearly kind of going to lose the rep as David makes his move. Compare that to some of the reps we've seen from Jarek McKinnon, just stonewalling guys much bigger than him. Like there's a very clear reason that McKinnon's out there on these third downs. He's your pat, you know, he's your back for pass pro. So when you're faced with second and ten rather than second and four, I think that's where you just kind of start to see that slant. I wanted to ask you, what, what do you make of Clyde's performance so far this year? Do you think they're happy? Do you think they're not happy with it? Where where are you at with Clyde's performance? Where do you think the Chiefs are? I think they're happy. Um, I mean, because I mean, he's I think he's playing better. I think he's playing more consistent than he has in in the past. It, like he's done a good job protecting the football. He's done a good job getting downhill and getting some of those yards and sticking his nose when he needs to. And he's been able to get some, you know, some of those tough yards, a little bit more involvement in the passing game. Obviously. Yeah. You would like to see him kept come down with that ball on fourth and one, but I mean, I, I feel like this is the best version of Clyde that we've seen in the NFL. That's including some moments early in his rookie year. Um, it's just, you know, it's, let's see if he continues to put this together at the same kind of clip, I think you're thrilled with what you get out of him. Um, he's different though. Like I, I think, I don't think the expectation should be, you know, I don't think the expectations are necessarily as high as I had for him, you know, coming in. And that's why I kind of see like, I think a guy like Pacheco really makes a lot of sense for this football team as a, you know, a guy that's kind of a little bit different, a little change of pace, bigger physical downhill. Like I, I think he complements uh, what, what Clyde does well. So let me ask you this then. The the Raiders so far this year have actually been pretty decent against the run um, outside of playing the Cardinals in which you have to deal with Kyler Murray rushing the ball there. It's like it doesn't really count. They've they fared relatively well. First off, they're only allowing nine or 3.9 yards per rush. Should the Chiefs even care about their running back rotation? Should they even try to run the ball? Like what, sh- what, what do you think they should do? Should they try to run the ball to keep it honest? Or do you think you just give the bare minimum amount of rushes? Like what is it? Like 13 they were averaging outside of the Bucks game and then just move on from there? Or do you think they should try to continue to pound the rock like they did against the Bucs? I, I think they just scored 41 points pounding the rock. They should they should get the run game involved. I think that's a weapon that they can weaponize. People don't say, hey, you know, the, the run doesn't help the pass. But like I do think running the football a little effectively, putting them in more at advantageous third downs and more manageable third downs is something that really helps. And yeah, I would... I Like, why would you go... I don't think you go away from what you just 
saw this team do. Like try to try the game, see what happens. Yeah, I, I would agree. I will say that I think that the Raiders have a little bit better run defenders out on the edge. Not that Shaq Barrett or you know Joe Shanka Tryon um, are particularly bad first the run, but Max Crosby, Chandler Jones are both quality or better than quality run defenders. So I think it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs try to get into their rushing game this week against the Bucks. They hit a lot outside the tackles. Like yes, yeah. Clyde had his longest run was on that short yards like ISO play right up the middle. But a lot of their other running chunk plays were off the edges, whether it's outside zone, that pin and pull, or even you know counters that went wide. I don't know if the Raiders are going to give up that much space on the outside because that defensive end plays a little bit more stout. So it'll just be interesting. Do we see them return back to the inside zone and run between the tackles where they haven't had as much success this year? I hope they challenge the outside, but if they don't, I wouldn't get too nervous and think that the rushing game is going away. I wouldn't do anything like that. But um, yeah, so I think that I'm very intrigued by that going forward. Matthew, I'm one of those people who drinks a lot of coffee but couldn't tell you exactly what makes a good cup of coffee. All I know is when I get my coffee from Trade, it is great. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. The coffee I get from Trade is so good, I can't believe how much I like what they pick for me. And their team actually worked with BJ to create uh, a custom collection. So there is a custom collection for KCSN, which is great uh, because, I mean, it's delicious. And everything I've got to this point uh, is delicious. If you like me and want to, uh, your coffee to taste uh, delicious in the morning, go check out uh, our collection at Trade. And if uh, what we got uh, you isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can go take their coffee quiz and get expertly matched coffee or with coffees you'll love. So if you're wanting to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription players I'm, to watch on. I know. I'm offended. I'm offended by you. Every time you go to trade with Craig, you talk about how he's this coffee connoisseur and how he loves coffee. Now you're here with me and you're just like, yeah, Hey Matt, you like coffee. Don't you? Here's the read. Am I wrong though? Are you a snob? Yes. Are you as you are not as big a snob as Craig? Craig as can, big, maybe not, but pretty close. Craig Listen, you're not can, awake when Craig and I go to coffee shops. Okay. You don't know Craig. what I do there. I know you like coffee. I know you like coffee as much as me. I know you like coffee as much as Craig. But Craig is a snob. Craig could write Offended. haikus Offended. about the coffee. Craig could write any other form of literature about the coffee because Craig is great. Offended. And if you go to drinktrade.com slash KCSN, you can get the kind of coffee that Craig likes because Craig is great. Players to watch on offense. You derailed it already once, but please go. You want me to derail it again? As I will. The Chiefs will roll the Raiders. That is correct. I think the Raiders stink. Uh, we'll get there at the end of this. We'll do game predictions later. I think Good they job, stink. Donnie. Okay. Um, players who watch. Everybody. Can I cheat? Since Craig's not here, do I get two? 
No. Okay. Um, Noah Gray. I think that I, Noah Gray's been good for the Chiefs. I don't think he's been great. I don't think he's taken like this massive step that makes you feel like you don't need Blake Bell to come back for his blocking. I don't think he's taken this massive step where you think that you don't still need to invest in the position whenever Travis Kelsey decides to call it, right? I don't know if you're feeling great about Jody Fortson or specifically Noah Gray right now as being the heir apparent to that starting tight end role, but they're doing enough with him on these, you know, Y insert plays when they're coming in having working on split zone or just having a motion back. They're doing enough with him in the run game that he allows them to get deeper into the back. He allows them to get into more of these gap rushing schemes I'm interested if he starts coming back a little bit more as a receiver. He hasn't had some of the best receiving performances. There's been a drop here. There's been a drop there. But I think this could be a game in which I know the Raiders will pay a lot of attention to Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are going to put two tight ends out there frequently. Can Noah Gray find some space and maybe just have his best game of the year as a receiver? I think the Raiders are very susceptible over the middle of the field. If Kelsey's getting all the attention, somebody else should be allowed to eat in that area. I love that you're giving a little bit of attention to Noah Gray. He's actually played pretty well this year. I think that's good on you. I am for the third straight week going to clamor for Sky Moore. Play Sky Moore. Look, I think we're trending in the right direction. There's been some good things here that we've seen out of him in the you know the first four games of his career. Please get him more involved. He has not done anything to... Uh, to dissuade you from playing him. He's put on a good performance in the limited role that he's had. I liked what he did against Tampa with those two catches. I think he did a very nice job. Great catch over the middle on the RPO slant. That is not an easy catch to make, especially since you haven't been getting involved or getting the ball very often. And I think he made a nice nice little play. Uh, I think he made a nice little play as well uh, after the catch. So uh, yeah, play Sky more. Let's get him involved a little bit more. Continue to build. Continue to find opportunities in form. I wouldn't hate to see him getting a, a manufactured touch or two. I think he's a guy that's physical, that's tough, that can do a lot of good things. So let's get him involved. I like him. He may not be the tallest boy, but you may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called liquid death. Why is this water called liquid death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst. And their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get liquid death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or Hy-Vee. Or find a local liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. That's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. I found some liquid death really close to my house because of that. So thank you, liquiddeath.com slash KCSN, for helping me do that. That was your first. It is there's been a murder. Okay. All right. I don't know what you just did. <laughs> Move on. There's been, it's from the office. There's been a murder. I, I, I declare. And it's my thirst. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Really appreciate it. It helps us grow this channel. It helps us, uh, you know, as we're trying to, to build KCSN. Maddie's questioning why we would want to promote what's happening. Every on new show like right is a new impression from Kent. So just <laughs> light them up. More every like Kent's gonna send out a new impression for you guys. There's no chance of that, but hit the like and hit the subscribe button anyway. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. And here to help us is Craig Stout. Just kidding. It's still just us two. Uh, the four-man pass rush uh, 
it's been a concern to this point in the week. Craig would have some great stats for you if he was here. But it's, yeah, they, they need to try to get home with four a little bit better, don't they, Matthew? They do. And I'm putting on my best Craig cap here. Um, I have a little bit of hair in the way, but we're trying still. So the four-man pass rush hasn't been as bad as it's looked. And Craig would come in and tell you, like, you know, where they're getting pressure. And even he would admit that during the game, it might not feel like it. But they're getting some pressure with the four-man pass rush. It's there. It's just significantly behind the pressure rate they have when they're blitzing. So it seems like it's not as good. I understand where we're going from with this, but here's the end of the day. When the Chiefs are just rushing four, they seem like they play a lot of static zone behind it. There's a lot of space for guys to get open, and it just doesn't work as well. I'm not saying the defense can't excel that way, but it just doesn't seem to work. I think Derek Carr is the last quarterback that you want to even give a chance to have a clean pocket and just to pick apart and make tight window throws. When he can play on time and isn't being pressured, Derek Carr can be actually decent at football. He can play quarterback almost well if he's not being pressured. So if the four-man pass rush can't win, then go just send some blitz. Like that's where we're kind of, the Raiders offensive line isn't good. I understand they're not very good. So you want to give the four-man pass rush a chance and play coverage behind it. I understand the theory, but the four-man pass rush has not consistently resulted in sacks, pressures, or forced a quarterback to play errantly. Derek Carr will get the ball out quick. He will throw the ball to open spaces if not pressured. I think this is a game where if the four-man pass rush doesn't work early, abandon it and just bring the house because that is where Derek Carr struggles. Well, I don't think that Steve Spagnuolo has been afraid to do that either to Derek Carr in the past. Like he's been willing, like I don't think he's going to sit back. He's going to try to dictate the terms for Derek Carr. Like, I think that is definitely something that you will see happen because that's something he's done before. Obviously, you want to try to get home with four if you possibly can because of some of the stuff that we're going to talk uh, a little bit. Yeah, Matthew S. says, thank you for being on tonight because Thursday Night Football sucks. Yeah, it's terrible. because Just the, like the Raiders. Ju- oh, just like Whoa. the Denver Broncos, who are absolutely horrible. And I, they are. it's delicious how bad at football that they are. And I can't wait. That you want to see Rant Swanson come out? Rant Swanson might come out for the Broncos probably twice. It's a pass, guys. Tell him it's a pass. You got to let him know if it's a pa- runner pass. I do not want to have that half of your Subway sandwich, Russell Wilson. That looks awful. Um, but yeah, no, I if, if yeah, like I I think that I I'm not saying that the 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 four man rush can't go home. And guess what, Derek Carr with interior pressure yikes he is he does not hold up well against interior pressure so chris jones if he continues to be as disruptive as he's been that is going to be uh something to monitor as well because you know yeah get home with four but like that quick interior pressure from chris jones that's something that has given him a lot of fits uh i i like it uh i i think yeah go just go get him go after him you want to talk about we're going to talk about how to handle Devonte adams next that's like the next subject one of the things i'll just carry right over into it Keep, keep the ball from getting him getting to him accurately. And that starts with Derek Carr. Like if you want to talk about it, pressuring Derek Carr is the start of it. It is the start of it because if you're going to force him to, to, to play off schedule, to play inaccurately, I mean, it's going to, it'll happen. I mean, it will happen. You can, you can get him sped up. You can get him scared. I mean, the eyeliner starts running a little bit on him when he gets a little bit nervous, we start sweating a little bit. That, I think, is actually the start to how you handle Devontae Adams. What other thoughts do you have about Devontae Adams, Matthew? Okay. Uh, the Raiders will force-feed him targets. They hit, He's hit double-digit targets in three 
out of the four games. The other one, he still ended up with seven. Now, the catch rate on those hasn't been great on all of them. Teams have found a way to defend him well. And I think a big part of it is the Raiders, unlike the Packers, don't quite move him around as much. They're not always putting him in the most advantageous position on every single play because they do have Hunter Infra. They do have Darren Waller. They have other guys that can't beat you. So they're not going to design everything around where Devontae Adams lines up to give him the best matchup on that particular play. So there are times in which you can slow him down and the Raiders are going to let you do that. And there's other times where they are going to force feed him the ball. So how are you going to go about defending it? Sold on the Colts game a little bit. When Michael Pittman started to get rolling, especially working over the middle of the field, you saw some bracket coverage on third downs come out from Steve Spagnuolo. When you think all the way back to the 49ers um, playoffs or Super Bowl, you saw them bracket George Kittle a lot on third downs. Steve Spagnuolo is not afraid to throw two bodies at one wide receiver on high leverage downs. So I think that's where you kind of start is anytime you can get Adams with a bracket over the middle of the field, you take it. Outside that, you're probably, if you're the Chiefs, going to live with the one-on-one stuff on the outside. That's what they do. But the Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers, right? You're not just going to see completion after completion on these back shoulder throws. Devontae Adams has to earn more of his production with the Raiders than he did with Green Bay. And that's a good sign for defenses. So I almost think you just let them go out there and play. You would just at halftime if Devontae Adams is killing you. If Devontae Adams is going Mike Williams or Mike Evans, he's not named Mike, so you're probably good. Um, but if he's not doing that to you, Michael Pittman, uh, if he's not doing that to you, you're probably okay. But if it does, you can double him over the middle of the field. I just think it's interesting to watch how the Raiders use him compared to Green Bay. Because if you go back and watch that Green Bay offense, it was essentially how do we get Adams the ball? And I don't think the Raiders are doing that as much. I think it's a lot more Derek Carr forcing it rather than the rather than the Raiders trying to work him open based on scheme, alignment, and their leverage. I agree. And it's like, yeah, I think you, hmm. And I'm thinking out loud here a little bit because I'm looking at last week's game and <laughs> they they fed they fed Devontae Adams, but everything around them, around Devontae Adams in the passing game was absolutely dreadful. And in a little bit of that, look, Hunter Renfro didn't play last week. And it's expected that he will be back. So, like, there is something to help make this group whole. But let's look, look at the receiving outside of Devontae Adams. Like, so first off, uh, the Raiders had 188 yards passing. Devontae Adams, 101 of those yards uh, on 13 targets, nine receptions. Matt Collins, three catches, 33 yards. Josh Jacobs, five catches, 31 yards. Darren Waller, three catches, 24 yards. Like, I'm just, it's so surprising to see how, uh, how Josh McDaniels has struggled to really get the rest of those weapons involved outside of that. And yeah, like, yeah, you need to, you need to, you need to put a lot of attention towards Devontae Adams because, Hey, look, that's been the big major factor in their passing offense, but also like he hasn't done a good job of figuring out how to take everything else. Like everything else away is, has been taken away from him at this point too. So yes, there isn't that kind of the, isn't that kind of the MO with like Adams teams though? And I don't mean this necessarily as a negative, but going back to green Bay, the whole offense was based around how to get him open in the best spots and then let the quarterback get him the ball. And they were Rogers and him were so good together that it worked. And you didn't care if Alan Lazard barely did anything. If MVS had one catch that was 50 yards or two yards, like, right. You didn't care about that because it works. Well, the issue with the Raiders is 
it doesn't work. Derek Carr's not Aaron Rodgers, right? So whether or not they go this route, it just doesn't work. And like I said, I don't think they are scheming him up the same level of mismatches as Green Bay did. I'm looking through his route chart right now on on targets. It's so many outbreaking routes, so many just short little comeback routes. And he's very good at running those, but where he's running them from and just the fact that it's the same thing over and over again, you can very clearly tell it's a route tree based around a scheme and not based around a specific player. And that's what made Adams so dangerous in Green's Bay, Green Bay is he ran everything. So you never knew if it was a back shoulder or a go route or a post route or whatever it was going to be. With the Raiders, it's all part of the scheme. So it's a little bit harder, in my opinion, for Adams to take over a game. We talked about last week, didn't he have like 13 targets but barely cracked 100 yards? Like I'd give that up every single day of the week if 13 pass attempts are only going to accomplish, you know, it's essentially 100 yards for an offense. Well, and I'm like one of the things with this passing offense is the, you know, like last year, I think the Raiders had a lot more success stretching the field than than they have in the past or than they are this year. Like they've had one pass play over 45 yards this year. It was a 60 yard to Mac Hollins. And like, I don't know if I trust Mac Hollins to be this game changing stretch player consistently because like, I mean, even this season, it's not like he has been, but They've had one pass play of 60 yards and everything else has been 45 and under. And most of their pass plays have been under 25. So it's like, you know, hey, I think they're missing that vertical stretch element a little bit within this offense. And maybe that's why they're able to kind of keep a lid on this a little bit more and why they're not as productive underneath as they've been in the past. It's worth uh, worth kind of monitoring there. And I, I think that, you know, that could tell us a little bit. I, I don't really have a ton of confidence that they're going to stretch the field on the Chiefs, honestly. I don't feel like I'm. Mean, I'm not afraid of Mac Collins down the field, to be honest with you. So, Were you afraid of Nelson Aguilar? No, but it hit a couple times. It's a good point. Um, last week the Raiders ran for more yards than they threw. Do we care if they run the ball though, Matthew? Like, what what are we doing here? Okay. Josh Jacobs gets a pass for some reason as a first round running back for not being very good. I don't know why he gets a pass. And the Chiefs and Clyde Odzulaire get slammed nonstop for this or any other team that's taken a first-round running back that hasn't worked. Josh Jacobs just finally had a career game. And it was a good game, but it wasn't the best game. It wasn't some elite rushing game in which no other running back could do it that would justify a first-round pick on running back. He gets a pass because the Raiders have been so unbelievably poor at drafting. The fact that Josh Jacobs is at least acceptable to be out there on the field and isn't Jonathan Abrams just because he isn't that bad, but he's an acceptable player. They get a pass. He hasn't been good. I don't care if he runs the ball. Yeah, it looks good when he runs it because he's an athletic, strong guy, and he can run someone over or he can rip off 10 yards in a you know in a blink of an eye, but he's not that good. They're running, their offensive line is not that good. You want to try to run the ball and see if you have the same success as they had last week versus Denver? Sure, go ahead. Try to match your career game again the very next week against the Chiefs defense. Have at it. I don't care. I don't think they're good enough to do it. I think it was just a game like that. It was kind of like the Chiefs versus, Chiefs versus the Bucks. I don't expect that every single week. It happened. It was good. Maybe you build some confidence, but if you want to try that exact game plan versus another team, I don't advise the Chiefs to do it. And but I certainly welcome Josh Jacobs and the Raiders to try it. And I don't think the game script's going to be like like advantageous for them to be able to do it either if that makes sense like i don't think the run game is going to be a factor early on if the game's not out of hand like yeah cool like let's you know i'm i'm fine inviting the run a little bit but i think 
I think the game script's going to change pretty quick in this game to where, you know, the, the run game is going to be relatively obsolete. And I think, again, without a vertical stretch, without someone consistently stretching the field vertical or being able to, like, I think that could be another, like, advantage Chiefs in this game. Uh, let's go players to watch. Okay. Um, defensively player to watch. I was not ready for this. Craig's listed as first. Craig is not here. So I have to come up with the first player to watch. I can do it. If you're okay, if you go ahead. Look, Chris Jones is having potentially a career year. I know the statistics don't necessarily line up with that, but like he's been outstanding. I think he's had a great start to his year. He's been disruptive. He's been consistent. I think he's actually played the run a little bit better. Yeah, he's still big game hunting a little bit at times, and he's still, you know you know, kind of trying to play for the tackle for loss. But I think largely uh, whatever Joe Cullen's done for him has been a net positive. He's played really, really well. I talked a little bit about that quick pressure earlier. Chris Jones is a guy to watch again, I think. I don't have any confidence in this Raiders offensive line. I don't have confidence in Dylan Parr and Andre James and John Simpson uh, being a good matchup for Chris Jones. You want to talk about how you get home with four? It's Chris Jones with his interior pressure against that group. I feel good about it. Chris Jones is my player to watch because I think he's going to have a massive game. Okay. Um, really going out there on a limb on that one. My player to watch, I'm going to go with uh, Nick Bolton uh, this week because, as we're talking about, I think the Chiefs should try to invite the run a little bit. I think the Raiders are living on the high of a rush, a good rushing effort against the Broncos. It would make a little bit of sense for them to try to attempt to control the ball against the Chiefs offense that might be clicking. Maybe they run the ball a little bit. That's kind of Nick Bolton's music to shut it down. That's where he's the best. I would say that this he has not been as good versus the run this year as I think he was last year. I think he's been a little bit more hesitant, but if there was ever a time for it to break out of that shell, it might be this week if the Raiders try to run the ball. When they are passing... Derek, we know Derek Carr. He's checking the ball down. He's throwing the ball short. He's going to throw it over the middle of the field. He's going to throw it out to the flats. He's throwing the ball short. That's kind of where the Chiefs struggle the most in coverage. So a good game from Nick Bolton, whether in coverage or versus the run, I think, I don't want to necessarily say a tipping point because I don't know if either one of those things are enough to allow the Raiders to win, but it could be the difference between this game being slightly competitive and the Chiefs blowing them out if the Raiders can find success running or throwing the ball short, they might be able to hang around a little longer than we want. Nick Bolton will be in position to stop them. I think we are due for a really good Nick Bolton game that I don't think we've gotten so far. All right. Prediction time. We're getting out of here early this week. Uh, prediction know, what is this? Matthew, what you got? Oh, for my prediction or why we're getting out early? Prediction. Okay, I was trying to draw it out a little bit. Um, predictions. I think the Raiders stink. I don't think they're very good. Jonathan Abram still starts and plays a lot for this team. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Like, it's not a good football team. You watch them play, it looks bad. They let the Cardinals get back in and beat them on, like, a 28-second two-point conversion in which an open receiver was missed, like, three times. I, this team is not good. They're not good. And they're coming into Arrowhead in a primetime game. I think the Chiefs will be up enough. I don't know if they'll come in with the same intensity they had for the Buccaneers. I think there will be a slight letdown here just because the Raiders are simply not good. There's enough bad blood there, though, that I don't think you get a Colts-level performance, right? You don't have them coming with no game plan. You don't have them coming with nothing. Josh McDaniels adds a little bit of extra fire. So I do think there's semi-competitive, but I think the Chiefs are there enough. Raiders stink. Chiefs take this one 34-24. to 24. 
Uh, but it's never really that close. I think the Raiders pull it a little bit close later as the Chiefs take their foot off the gas, as Craig Stout so eloquently put on the kcsn.substack.com today, the Chiefs defense will give you points when they're up by three scores. They will give you yards. They will play vanilla defense when they are winning. I think we see that halfway through the third quarter and the Raiders make it look close. I agree that this will be a fake close game. Uh, I think you kind of got about the right number. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go 31 to 20 though. I'm gonna put the pick the Raiders. You coward! I'm not picking the Raiders this week. I learned my oh, lesson. You picked against the Chiefs last I, week. I I I think it could be 31 to 10 going into the fourth quarter, and the you know the Raiders out 31 10 wouldn't line with that. It'd be like I don't know. I think I think the Chiefs can be up big going into the fourth quarter, and and they maybe give up a, a late touchdown or something like that. So give me 31 20. I think the Chiefs are coming out with a with a with a good focus. It sounded like after right after that Tampa Bay game, Mahomes was doing a pretty good job trying to get that team moving on. You know, you know who's coming to town. Yeah, I know who's coming to town. The third best team in the AFC West who had the audacity to pretend like they were a contender in the AFC and in the AFC West. This is a this is a bad football team. They're frauds. I cannot wait to beat them. And continue to laugh at the AFC West for coming at the King and missing. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory post uh, game preview. Thank y'all so much for watching. We'll catch you later. Craig score prediction five to two. Defense.